You found the Love Flight Podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, Fear of Flying Coach, and I've been helping nervous flyers since 1997. So in this podcast, you are going to find aviation experts, psychologists, coaches, enthusiasts, and people normal, just like you, who have overcome their fears. Welcome. So welcome to Melissa part two. Welcome back. Hey. So Melissa is a big contributor in the Love Fly Facebook group and just just been away. This so you those who listen to the podcast, you remember Melissa came on before. We also did a grilling with uh, Steve Baldin, your captain Steve. Yeah. Which That's went great. on long after the recording, actually. But that, <laughs> yeah. and I wish I was kept kept, kept yeah. recording because I, I thought you could have done two shows with that. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, he, you know, he needed to lie down in the dark room after no, didn't he? Enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us. Well, I've been following your travels, and we're dying to hear how you got on. So tell us. Well, perhaps give us a potted history of where you were, uh, yeah. and you know the journey that you've made. And I can shut up and drink coffee. Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me back again. I've been really looking forward to doing this. Um, it was a little bit of a goal of mine for when I got back off this big long trip that everyone has heard so much about. If you're on the Love Fly Facebook group, I've mm. been posting about this trip for months, since January, I think I booked it. Mm. And um, yeah, people seem to be quite invested in it once I finally took that flight, which was great. Well, once you post something like that, we all want to know how's it going, you know. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, yeah, the pictures kept coming and everything. So, um, yeah, um, I'm, I gave a little bit of an intro in my post- podcast with Steve, but um, I was a nervous flyer as long as I can remember since a child, and I think that stemmed from just not knowing how planes worked and getting panicky when I saw mm-hmm. flaps and things working and I thought the wing was falling off. When I was about eight, and um, that just, I think, just put an unease in me. And like I said before, when I was 15, I moved to the UK. Um, before that, we flew back and forth quite a lot because I have a Canadian dad and a British mum, so we travelled to see family. Um, once I'd moved to the UK, we didn't fly very much at all, but eventually, I don't know, in my sort of early 20s, I started flying to Europe um, with no issue, really. I was just a bit apprehensive about the takeoff, but I was fine in the rest of the flight. And then I had my first son in 2010. We still continued to fly with him a bit. Um, we even went to Australia, which was um, pretty huge. Um, I remember being quite happy on that flight. Miraculously, I must have been at a good stage in my life. And then I had my second child in 2013, and we didn't fly so much after that, mainly for financial reasons, and also just traveling with two little kids was a bit much. And I was actually, since I've been on Love Fly, I never really identified why I got worse, but I've been able to dive into a bit deeper just recently, and I had to look at the timeline for these particular events, but I had to look last night. And in 2014, that MH370 missing plane happened, which, yeah. like, probably the whole world could not understand what happened mm-hmm. there. Then the same year that other plane got shot down, um, passenger plane got shot down, and then the one that really triggered me was the in 2015, the German wings um, pilot mental yeah. health crisis, like, that just unsettled me so much mm. and uh, I used to do the whole thing you're not supposed to do read about everything you know watch shows about it blah 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 and I never really realized how much that affected me until when I started flying after that was when I started to be anxious during the whole flight right. so before it was a takeoff then I was absolutely fine mm. and um, I was just on edge the whole flight and I, thinking about it it's probably because 
I realize things can go wrong like that mid-flight out of the blue. So that's just a realization I've had in the last few days. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So I think it, I know they're very rare, but those three things happened quite close together. And they're such obscure mm. things, weren't they? They're not yeah. they're not even things I could have dreamed to ask Captain Steve about, you know. <laughs> well, I do now because I know that happened, but um yeah, like they're almost like you couldn't make them up. Mm. So af- after that I was like, Ooh, I don't really like it at all. And um then I in twenty eighteen I did your virgin course. It was really good, but again, I think like you always say, it's not really a quick fix with such a a long-standing fear and mm. it probably helped some people get over it in one day but it wasn't quite enough for me so i got some did damage why did i forget that did you come to was it the southampton one yeah 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 so the mm-hmm. last the, the, yes i remember now we talked about the very last one in june 2018 that i ran was that the last one the last one i ran with flight so you were on it so oh, you really? just yeah you just screwed it up basically <laughs> From then onwards, it never ran again. No, it was just it was just the way it felt. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. boy, you're the details. But yes, that was the last one we ran, yeah. With flights, anyway. But I think, like I said before, the technical knowledge with the pilot was great. And, um, yeah, the noise abatement thing was a revelation to me. Yeah, um, unfortunately, I kept getting worse after that. I had a couple of long flights to Canada, actually, in 2017 with my family. Well, that was before the Virgin course, but I did the Virgin course because I was going on a flight with um, to visit a friend we were meeting yeah. in Toronto, and it was my first time flying long haul by myself, and um, that was when my fear got really bad. I just remember sitting on the plane feeling so trapped, and um, I was by the by the window seat but you know when strangers are next to you you feel a bit like you can't keep asking them to get out when it's your own family it doesn't matter and I just recall like internally in my head just screaming and crying like I need help somebody help me Mm -hmm. but on the outside I looked perfectly fine so but yeah and the trip home was a night flight and that was awful I couldn't sleep a wink and I just felt horrendous and then the next year, I went with my family to the U.S., and again, I was pretty bad. Like, mm. the anticipation had started then, and the same sort of, you know, staring at the map the whole time. Um, you know, the white-knuckling thing. I don't know, just something. You find it hard to remember now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just that, yeah, I don't know. It's just that utter panic for all that time. Mm. And... um yeah, then we had the pandemic, so didn't fly for a few years. And then I came to the point last year where I'd booked that Iceland trip. And before that, I'd uh, gone to Paris with some friends. And both of those, I was just a right complete state, really, for um, all those flights. And I went with four or five friends to Paris, and they, they knew that I was doing it to test how I was. And they did their very best to help me, but yeah, it was really hard. I was crying on the trip and on on the verge of getting the Eurostar home and just crying to my husband, crying to my friends. And yeah, before the flight, I just drunk so much wine. My heart was racing at like 150 beats a minute for about 12 hours. And yeah, it was like I'd run a marathon or something. Mm -hmm. So, um... Yeah, shortly after that, we had the Iceland trip, which was more of the same. And when I got home from that, I just said, I can't do this anymore. Um, Like, this just took its toll on me so much, mentally, physically. Um, So, yeah, we'd had a flight coming out to Portugal in the October, and I immediately cancelled that. And I said, I just can't even contemplate flying. And thought that was it for me. I was looking at cruises, I was looking at train holidays, and... That was upsetting because I thought I'm not going to ever get back to Canada, you know, which is where my family and friends are, um, where I grew up. So that was hard to take. And uh, yeah, um, that phase didn't last that long because I still found that I still wanted to travel. I, I still thought about flying quite a bit. And yeah, I think that's when I found the Love Fly Facebook group. And I feel like that 
that was me sort of reaching my rock bottom and from from then on it was building from there yeah and that that's what i've continued to do since in the last few months mm. yeah that's and i think it's really interesting the way you've unpicked how it built mm. over time you know like the first beginnings and then this happened and that yeah and yeah it's built and built and then to the point where you're giving up trips or you're doing them or sort of under protest yeah and you and just you, you just, just don't enjoy the yeah, and you just don't enjoy the trip. Like the Iceland one half of it was ruined really for me and to my husband for some to some extent my husband because he didn't know what was wrong with me. And that's another thing I didn't used to do. I didn't disclose to anybody how bad I felt, and um, that's quite hard for your family because they think, "What on earth have I done wrong? Yes, why why is she in this state?" Like and. And it's isolating for you, but it was almost like if I admitted I felt bad, something bad would happen to the plane, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm scared of this flight, so something's going to go wrong. Mm. If I And if I say I'm scared, that's going to make it happen. Yeah, that's quite some power you had there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, now I know that's not the case, obviously, but that's that's well, where that's I was at the time. <laughs> oh yeah, so yeah, so you I probably wouldn't be here that, now if I was. <laughs> yeah, you you won't die now that you don't have that power. Okay, that's fine. Mm. That's a superpower you don't have, nor nor want. Exactly. Yeah. So after that, discovered Love Life Facebook group and the Love Life podcasts. Immediately started listening to podcasts. I recognised you obviously from the course. I was like, oh, this this is amazing, and. I said before, I can't believe I didn't know it existed. But that was really the case because I'm in lots of Facebook groups for other things, so I don't know how I never searched it. But anyway, I started searching for fear-flying Facebook groups, I guess. Yeah, the first podcast I listened to was... I saw you had loads of pilots, which really appealed to me. I've always, always wanted to talk to pilots. I don't know any in real life, unfortunately. Otherwise, they'd be getting the third degree from me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I listened to the one with Captain Chris first, you know, the Australian pilot. And I just loved it. And he was so passionate about flying. And then I think I listened to Captain Emma. Then I watched Emma's Easy Jet inside Mm. the cockpit, which I absolutely loved because seeing what goes on in there and how calm they are, that, that was a great show. And you can get it on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it, because that's how I got it. And obviously then all the ones with Steve, of which there's loads, those are the ones I listened to first. And then I think all the other fearful flyers, um, those stories are really nice. And thought, oh my God, there's other people that feel like me. This is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then most people already know from one podcast with Steve that I took a light aircraft flight around the same time. Um, that was mainly so I could talk to a pilot, a way of getting in with a private pilot. So I gave him a grilling, much like I gave Captain like, oh Steve. going on? <laughs> How long's this flight? <laughs> yeah, the flight itself was twenty minutes, but the the chat before was about an hour and a half. Uh, what did I do then? I did all the usual stuff people talk about on Love Fly. I tracked flights, I read books, I I just posted and commented a lot in the Facebook group, which I think helped me because the more advice I gave to others, the more I could remember that yeah. advice myself. And I'm convinced that's what caused a change in my thought process, is me continually saying the same stuff to people every day, finally starting to believe it myself. And those, though, you know, you always say about rewriting your brain paths or whatever so it's not your default oh be scared when i was on the flight it was much easier to ra- to access those rational thought processes yeah. because i think i'd started you know making that path in my brain and it was become it had become much more established yeah i was surprised i thought i'd get in a state of panic on the plane and not be able to access those rational thoughts but that wasn't the case at all um, and so you see, so I'll interrupt you, Melissa. So you see that, so particularly writing it for other people has helped to reinforce it that you're able to then. Yes. Yeah. So that's a really interesting one because, you know, that takes time and effort 
to do yeah. that consistently to answer people, and you've done that. Mm. But it does, it does help. You. Yeah, it does help, and it helped me, and hopefully it helped others, mm. and just built that sense of community for me as well. Like I've made pretty much people I consider friends on that group, you know. And when I got off my flight in Calgary, um, there was about a million posts that have been tracking my flight, and yeah, that was just felt so special and. I can't thank everyone enough because I could literally feel them with me. I knew they'd be tracking me and, and I was up there going, they're watching me, you know, they're with me. And like, so a few people in particular, you know, sent me personal messages of support and yeah, I I posted a few times in the month before with wobbles, you know, just, and I immediately felt better for having done it rather than just bottling it up and yeah. going down that rabbit hole, you know just getting it out mm. that really helped me but I, I'm a person that writes things down anyway that I want you know when I when I used to be revising I'd write things down write things down and I used to write notes from your podcast and um yeah got notebooks full of random stuff I took a notebook on the plane with my notes <laughs> yeah this is, I like reading stuff and but what works for me doesn't necessarily work for others. Everyone no, has so, to find their so own. So you wrote thing. it down. So you've went, gone through the podcast and written down things yep. that have helped you. Yeah, like uh, things that stand out for me. Now, if I could push you, would there be any phrases or things that you thought that you keep coming back to that have been particularly helpful? Um, the one about thoughts are not fat. Um, they're just things made up by your brain they're not real um, so if I'd have the doom thoughts that you call them sometimes you know when I was in my fearful flyer stage I'd have many 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 doom thoughts at night and I wouldn't sleep but if a doom thought dared enter my mind um, before these flights I sort of like acknowledged them like you said this is what they are but then, you know, I'd go, these aren't real. This is a story in your imagination. Um, you're safe right now. You know, you're in your own bed. So I, for me, from your stuff, a lot of it was the mindset stuff, I think. Changing your mindset, changing your thought processes. And that was really key for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there's loads of others, but they'll probably come to me at some point. No, so I saw this what's top of pile, isn't it? And... And yeah, and I've always thought that was quite a useful one. That um, we can talk ourselves into all sorts of things. But, you know, we, mm. I notice if I do it myself, there's a moment of truth when I do something. You know, it's like even if I went to the find out right now, went to the fridge, and there's a packet of biscuits there, and I inhaled them. I'd be telling myself, "Well, I deserve this," you know. But I, you know, I'm I'm aware I'm telling myself a load of old crap. Yeah, but I'll deny it if asked. You know, under cross-examination but I know you know my heart hearts I know I'm telling myself some nonsense and I think we yeah we always tell ourselves stuff <laughs> sometimes think, we're aware of it well I think yeah. most time we're aware of it but we might sort of like block it out and kind of go mm. I'm just going to check this air crash investigation I, I know I shouldn't and I'm just going to look on this weather app but I, I know I shouldn't but we know mm. and we do it anyway because that's what we do because we're good. I don't know why we do that but we do well, and I so think, like you, I think you said in podcasts as well that you, why do you attach particular meaning to those thoughts and think that they mean something? And I think you say something like, I'm a banana. <laughs> you know, does that mean I'm a banana? And they, and you're like, how ridiculous. It's and pretty then, uh, technical stuff. By the same yeah. Thing, <laughs> well, you also had a good one about intrusive thoughts. And, you know, you had all these stats about weird and wonderful things people thought about, like stabbing somebody or I don't know. Yeah. And, I, I was guilty of that, like, if I heard a particular song on the radio, I'd think, oh, that's a sign, or, mm. like, my son would go through, let's play airplanes, and then it crashes, and it's, you know, you think, this is going to sound really dumb, but even on this holiday, the day the day before we came home, one of my sons said to the other, oh, you're going to die tomorrow or something, <laughs> and my brain was like, oh, God. Oh, you know, and I had mm. to sort of like go, okay, they're just talking nonsense. If they, mm. if they talked like that at any other day, I would think nothing of it, you know? Yeah. So you didn't send him ahead on his own flight. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. 
So that's like the stupid things that your brain does. And um, it was the same, you know, when people get nervous about the safety demo on the plane and you think, oh, you know, that, that means something could happen. And then when I was in Canada, I was at a wedding and we went on a river cruise and they did a safety demo, you know, mm. on the river cruise and nobody paid a blind bit of attention. No. And I wasn't like, oh God, this boat might sink. It's just, mm. you attach meaning to the things. That's that... a great link. Mm. That's a great link. Yeah. But you didn't. Well, think... it just, I think because it was two days before I flew home, mm. I was like, oh, they're doing a safety yeah, demo exactly. and, and I do not care in the slightest. No. <laughs> That's really, so talk us through then. So I know you said you don't, I did what everybody else does, but just be really like uh, spell it out like okay. Mickey Mouse style. You you joined the Let Love Fly Facebook group, then you you I think you also came on one of our webinars. If I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, I did. You so battered Steve. Yeah, that's in the nicest possible way. Yep. Um, before that, actually, was when I did the flight to Dublin with Debbie. Mm. Um, so that was an exposure flight and that was to see if my early workings were helping me enough to book this long haul flight so as soon as I got back from that I did book the long haul flight so then I was like all systems go you know I've got six or seven months to be able to do a very long flight and yeah so then in March I did your webinar so before that I did the 30 day program that was really good I liked Again, I was familiar with most of the technical stuff from the previous mm-hmm. courses, but um, I did like your mindset work, um, oh. and I think that's really what I've worked on in the past few months. Um, of course, you need to know all the information, so I accumulated all that first about about planes and flying and pilots and all the rest. Um, yeah, and then you gave me that amazing opportunity to talk to Steve and yeah, that was just the best. And that helped me a lot. Like Steve is an absolute legend and such a nice guy. So, you know, compassionate and understanding, even people, he must think, oh my God, you're asking ridiculous questions, but he doesn't care. He doesn't think that at all. And he doesn't make, he doesn't make you feel silly. No, no. Cause I think I remember when you did the, the webinar, you had a lot of questions and you said, I've I've got lists and I thought, oh, again, and I always have lists, you know. And I just thought, oh my goodness. But I actually felt quite bad. So I thought we got through a good chunk of the questions, but obviously with the other people yeah, as well. Yeah. And so that's why I thought, well, you've put the time in. And I said yeah. to Steve, fancy doing this? He says, yeah, you know, he's, if he's not doing it, he said, I'm up for that. Yeah. And the thing was that one we recorded, we stopped there. I think we did it yeah. about an hour and something. It was an hour and a half, which is like incredibly long. I went off the call and you carried on. And I thought, oh, I should have stayed on. I think it would have definitely been, I mean, every, all the questions you asked were brilliant because that's the sort of stuff people want to ask. It's all the questions you don't dare ask, but naked. Yeah, yeah. And there's been really good feedback from that too. So I'm, I think a lot of people did find those weird mm. and wonderful questions quite useful. Yeah. Yeah, because so, you came up with some, I thought, oh, and thought that one before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I was um, get scared by the end of it. You don't mind me saying, you know, I thought, well, I <laughs> thought about that. Come on, Steve, we got something decent. Yeah. Uh, I also watched a lot of videos on YouTube, takeoffs, landings, etc., and tracked a lot of flights on Flight Radar. I track a lot of other Love Fly members' flights. I know you don't always encourage that, but. <laughs> but it. Help me, and it helps others. Mm. I think it's just to focus on one particular flight, and you see, you know, there it is, flying along happily, you know, and um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a useful little thing for some of us. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, uh, I'm fifty fifty on that because <laughs> it's like I have to have my flight tracked, or I would like to have my flight tracked. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's what the, what's the first few words of the sentence, and then it's. Yeah. I can get it. You know, it's probably very comforting to think there's all these people thinking about you. Yeah. And I think it's like if you go for a job interview and you've had like five good luck messages before you go in, you do yeah. feel a little bit of a glow, don't you? Well, I imagine it's just, it's that, but, you know. Uh, yeah, like I said, I think it's your reliance on it, isn't it? If you have yeah. an over-reliance on anything, it's not good. But, you know, like if you've got those people tracking you and you're also gripping the seats, watching yeah. the flight map, that it's going to be safe, isn't it? Because you're holding it up there 
and you've got everybody else willing it across the ocean. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and then in June, I did um, the easy jet course, mm. which I wasn't, I didn't really want to do the theory. I wanted to do the flight. And I wanted to do a flight out of Gatwick, so it would get me familiarized yeah. with Gatwick again. And then it was cancelled due to weather. So that, from my point of view, was a big waste of money. But anyway, I was like, well, what do I do now? Should I try and book another little flight somewhere? But then I realized, no, six weeks before I'm just going to have to get on with it. So yeah, that's what I did. And like I said, I I'm post a lot on the group about anticipatory anxiety and um, I constantly linked to a post I did about it. And I should probably put it as a pinned post or something because mm. I'm always inserting it into comments because um, it's such a common thing and um, really it's the worst part about flying for a lot of people yes. is the time before so there's a really good book I read which is in that post um, CBT Guide to Overcoming Anticipatory Anxiety um, by Martin Sith and Sally Winston recommend that one um, mm. but I put some take home points in my Facebook post but yeah um, it's really useful to know um, how the mind plays tricks on you really in that period of time before you fly yeah so you did your flight how did, how did it how was it you know the way I, I saw all the pictures and stuff yeah yeah obviously followed some of the posts mm -hmm. but what was it like you know the going out and then yeah yeah so sure so the the main thing I noticed was that anticipatory anxiety was hugely reduced, like mm. hugely, so much so that I was joking with Debbie that I usually lose weight before the holiday because I can't eat, and this yeah. time, this time I didn't at all because I just ate normally, and I slept absolutely fine until the night before. But you know, you've got to cut yourself some slack. Mm. That I'll sort of take that. The day before was. There was some anxiety, but I think I said on, on the Facebook post that I looked at that anxiety slightly differently. Um, that's mainly from Gita, you know, she does a lot of stuff about anxiety and just yes. sitting with it, like feeling it, mm. um, letting it like sort of study your anxiety really. Why is it happening? When? Yes. And I, I, I discovered before the holiday that it would come come in waves, like, like Gita says, and it would reduce, and then it would come again. And um, it was usually in transition periods, so when I finished work, I was like, oh, God. And I think it was residual panic of, oh, maybe I won't see these guys again, you know, like, maybe I won't ever come back to work. <laughs> you know, thoughts like that. When I drop my dog off, maybe I won't see my dog again. <laughs> But rationally, I didn't think that anymore, but I think it was, yeah, you know. Yeah, automatic. Yeah, waves, yeah. Yeah, sort of that wave of adrenaline, whatever. Mm. So, yeah, I didn't feel great the night before, but, yeah, I knew I knew I had to get on with it. There was no way I wasn't going, and I thought yeah. part of it, I think, was just nervousness that maybe all this tons of work I'd done wasn't going to work, mm. and where would I go from there, yeah. you know, because I have literally tried everything in the past as well, which, mm. I haven't touched on here, but, you know, various therapies and all the rest. Um, so there was that. And um, anyway, didn't get much sleep, got up, went to the airport. It was all fine. Gatwick was surprisingly calm, five minutes through security. We had stayed at a hotel the night before, which was really helpful because uh, it was a morning flight. Yeah. And we went to the gate when they called the gate. Usually my husband hates going early, so we end up like dashing over like headless chickens. But I was like, no, we're going on time. Maybe I can catch the pilots. I didn't catch the pilots, but I sat there. And yeah, that, that period before boarding is the worst, mm -hmm. like probably for many people. But I was like, oh, God. And um, I had my family's like hugely aware of this fear now, um, even my kids. And I know some people don't want their kids to know, but for me, it's been really beneficial. They're 10 and 13, and the 13-year-old just, he knew to try and distract me. You know, he's like, oh, mom, you can go on my Nintendo Switch whenever you want. You know, oh. we can do crosswords and this and that. Like, 
he's he's amazing mm. and such an insightful boy. And I'd told my husband in advance, like, if I start spiraling, tell me to do my activities. I brought loads of activities for the flight. And so, you know, he, he'd come up with some of my little quotes that I like, like, trust your training and all that. And he'd say that to me. And that was really nice, actually. Yeah. Because it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, what I like about that is the briefing that you gave your partner, because yeah. that is, I think that's really important because yeah. a lot of partners, not for not wanting to help, don't know what to do. Yeah. Is so that hard? Say, you'll be you'll be fine. Like, you know, me, I'm all right. Yeah, that's yeah, so great. You'll yeah. be fine. There's nothing to worry about. And you're like, oh. and you go, and then you'll say that. Well, you always look alright on the plane. You just don't really yeah. talk. And it's like, yeah, but internally, I'm yeah, literally, yeah, I'm screaming in my head. And yeah, interestingly, I got that idea to prep him before, just from like, I think it was before we had our second child, and I said, you know. I want you to do X, Y, and Z when I'm in labor with second child, like that you learn from the, yes. the first. And it's like, yeah, let's prep you before. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, he was able he was able to do that. And and both my sons are great mm. and they're aware of the fear. But they know, like I'll just say it's just mummy being silly, you know, and people can have anxieties about lots of things. It's perfectly safe, you know, and 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 I think I'm showing them a skill by working on the anxiety, you know, mm. that you can, you know, I could be like, well, we're never flying again, kids, mm. but that's no, not how I want our family life to be. So, no. um, yeah. So anyway, I was sat there waiting to board, quite worried. And then I got out my um, inspiration album on my phone, which I've been working on for nine months. And it has screenshots of lots of comments from Love Fly people some stuff some even my own advice which john bond told me to you know sometimes read back my own advice and then it has those little i share them sometimes on love fly you know and little quotes from people mm. mainly about being brave in the face of anxiety yeah you know having courage it's okay to be scared and still do things so mm. one of the things was it's a really great matt haig quote got it written down and I'm just going to read it out because it literally got me got me on the plane. And um, and I love Matt Haig. But he said, it's amazing what you can do and still be scared. Don't wait to not be scared. If you want to do it and know you'll feel better having done it, let yourself be scared. It's amazing how much you can do while still being terrified. And fear gives up when it isn't listened to. So I read that one over and over again. And that just go, it's and it was just basically going. It's okay to feel scared. Like that was Matt Haig. Yep. Yeah, he writes lots of great books too. Yeah, he's an awesome guy. I actually got to see him at Salisbury Cathedral on a book tour. But yeah, that just popped up on my Instagram one day, and I was like, "That's literally one of the best things I've ever read in my life." And anyway, I was just reading that stuff and similar stuff over and over, and then I was showing my husband like some of the stuff people had commented to me, and he could see what what an amazing support um, yes. I had on there. And, you know, because sometimes he's like, why are you spending so much time on this? Is this actually healthy for you, you know? Mm. And at least he could see it paid off. Yes. But anyway, I'll get through that bit, um, get to being on the actual plane. So we boarded and um, told the cabin crew I was a bit anxious. They weren't that bothered. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I've got the tools to get through this myself. Um, that was the first time I'd ever told anybody. Mm. So also the storm Anthony was going on at the time as well. So the weather was atrocious. So when they did tell me, oh, it's going to be quite turbulent for the first 45 minutes due to storm activity. Um, and the cabin crew will be seated for 45 minutes. I was like, okay. And I had Steve's voice in my head, you know, they won't fly if it's not safe. I knew all about, they have this advanced weather fracking and... There's no way they'd take any chances. So I was doing okay. I put on my noise cancelling headphones, my playlist that helps me so much. I don't actually listen to any podcasts on the flight. I haven't had to, but my music, I just, I've also spent tons of time making this massive playlist. And uh, yeah, that, I love it. When I take off, it's just, it's just amazing. I don't even know. I don't know. I get in the zone and I'm just like, yeah, this is great. But, um, and then I got rescue remedy spray and I got a fidget ring 
and oh, I cuddled my love fly elephant. I probably looked like oh. a small child, but that yeah, she was with me on all the flights. I was cuddling her like a child, and uh, yeah, I sat with my two kids, which I've never done on a flight before. They've always been with my husband, and I managed to talk to them. I managed to be a regular wow. mom, so that is like huge. You know, um, I looked over at one of my sons before we took off and he was crying and I thought, what the hell's going on? And it was because some stuff was dripping on him from overhead. And I called the cabin crew. I'm sure it was nothing to worry about, but um, she came over and said it's just condensation. Mm -hmm. You know, it happens a lot. But we could reassure him because I was mm -hmm. like, oh God, I can't have him crying at takeoff, like worried about something, getting a fear, you know? Yeah. So yeah, we took off. It was wet, but I didn't think it was massively bumpy. I think the Dreamliner is pretty smooth. Like I found it smooth all the flights. A bit of turbulence, but nothing major. And yeah, once once we got in the air, I just I just settled down. Like I did a few of my activities, watched a couple of comedy shows I'd seen before. Not quite there with the movie, but played some games on my phone, I did some colouring, chatted to my kids a lot actually, and we were up and down to go to the toilet constantly, because, you know, I think for the kids as well, and me, it's something to do, so, yeah. you know, one, so one needs to go to the toilet, first, yeah. Yeah. one needs out. to go, you yes. all have to get out, <laughs> then you got to get back in, then somebody else has to get out, yeah. so, and I meant to say, what was weird was these dimmable dreamliner windows i'm not yeah. keen on those so they dimmed the windows in a day flight so the flight was at 11 in the morning got to canada at lunchtime broad daylight the whole way but they dimmed it to make it look like night which i wasn't keen on personally no i don't know what that's about either no i'm not i'm, um, not, I'm not a big fan I, i'm with you Je um, jamie said that as well didn't jamie yeah yeah and i'm like i don't like having zero control over my own window mm. like you can they can centrally control them and then you can have control over it yourself but i think it's their controls when they decide when it all goes dark and i was like what on earth it's a day flight i've never yeah. experienced that before yeah surely you want to stay awake but anyway and yeah so it was long and it was nine hours i think so quite tedious but i felt pretty normal and Oh, I took propanolol, which slows my heart rate because my heart is very prone to racing. But I didn't take anything else. Um, no drink or I think I had a small glass of wine on the plane, but no drink before and no diazepam or anything that I used to take. Couple, I had like a couple of moments where I'm like, oh my god, I'm like five miles in the air going at 500 miles an hour and. Just the concept of that is like insane. But I've insane. talked to friends and they, even people that aren't fearful flyers yeah. are like, what the hell, you know, like that's such a weird concept. And I'm like, I'm over Greenland or whatever, like in the middle of nowhere. Oh, no. So you just, I don't think you can allow yourself to think that deeply about it. But then we, then we landed. That was fine. I love landing in Calgary because you don't have to circle for ages. Look at Gatwick, it's just on the ground in 20 minutes. And um, what was strange was I expected to be super emotional when I landed because I'm like, oh, I've done it, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I wasn't. And it was, I think in the past, I burst into tears and think, I survived this near-death experience, you know. But it was just, I was like, oh, I'm here now, you know. Let's just go have our holiday. Wow. And um, that was awesome. And also, I think people have said before to have sort of an anchor thought on your on your travels and for me I actually used it more with the anticipation but it was um just hugging my childhood best friend you know and I saw her I think about four days into the trip and uh, when I couldn't sleep at night I'm like in four days you're gonna hug Kendra you know and you're gonna be at Kendra's house and don't know if you saw the photos but she, li she lives in this beautiful location like yeah. on a lake next to some winery yeah I hated her to be honest you know I just thought yeah, but we had such a great time with her and her family, and yeah, it just it was perfect. And then the whole the whole trip was amazing. So busy, but mm. I tried to keep up with Love Fly as best I could, and listen to a few podcasts. But it was a very busy trip. And um, yeah, toward 
I had a bit of a lull at the halfway point, which is quite common for me. And maybe it's just also, you know, kind of sucks to think you've only got, you know, one week left or whatever. So I think some of it was just emotion, you know. It was quite, it was a big trip for me, you know, seeing family, friends. There was a family wedding, which, you know, I haven't been to a family wedding over there since I was 11. So, yeah, that was pretty huge. And, yeah, just kept up with everybody again. So the wedding was on Saturday, came home on the Monday. I knew Sunday would be a difficult day. One, because it was the day before a flight. Two, I drank alcohol for 13 hours and stayed up till 3.30 in the morning. And, you know, just that whole, oh, God, you know, this is over now. Yeah. So that was a bit rough. Hmm. But I was, yeah, I was really grateful. My husband did all the packing on the way home, so uh, <laughs> that was nice. I did all the packing going, but um, yeah, everybody was just wiped after the wedding, so I didn't have to see too many family on the Sunday. Everyone was exhausted. Mm. And then Monday morning was time to go home. And I, I really didn't want to take the flight, but mainly because I was so tired and the thought of doing that, you know, huge amount of traveling. Yeah. I just couldn't face it. Yeah. And um, we got to Saskatoon Airport, which is the town where I grew up. And um, I was just like, I just don't want to do this. And yeah, well, I wasn't feeling in the best headspace. I rang Debbie um, from the airport and she just gave me a pep talk. She's she's a legend as well. She's a she's a true friend now, and um, she's like just at the end, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this. Because I was like, I just want to be home now. Yeah. I just want to be in my own bed. <laughs> and she's like, sent me a picture of my dog, and was like, look who's waiting for you when you get oh. home. Like that she found on my Facebook, I think. And um, yeah. And so I talked to her and then I also accosted a group of WestJet pilots um, that were sat around in the airport because their flight had been delayed. And this is not like me at all. Like I don't I don't take initiative to talk to anybody like I'm a really shy person. But I was like, oh, well, what's the worst they can do? Say no. So I went up to them. They're eating and I was like, um, I was like, oh, are you flying today? And they're like, yeah, well, should be. But there's a delay and blah, blah, blah. I was like, Oh, I just want, wanted to say hi. I'm a nervous flyer, and just it really helps me to talk to pilots. And um, they're like, "Oh, yeah, sure. Um, any questions? Just you know, let us know." And I was like, "Wow, I haven't got that many questions because you know, I'd ask every possible question I ever could, but I was having a general chat. But I did ask about the forest fire smoke, which I was a bit worried about, and they reassured me about that. One of their flights was cancelled because of the forest fire, but not because of the smoke, because of the logistics. Mm. And I was like, well, I just love hearing how passionate pilots are about aviation. And and they're like, yeah, we, we really love flying, but we just hate all the sitting around like this. And I was like, yeah, that's just like a yeah. job, isn't it? You're like, yeah. there's parts of it you love, and then there's all the like boring logistical parts that you exactly. don't like, you know, paperwork and this and that. You know, it's like, I want to be flying the plane, not sat around in this random airport not knowing where I'm going next you know mm. so um that really helped me and then after that I was feeling quite pleased with myself and went and this airport is so quiet and lovely my kids and husband were just sat somewhere my son and husband were playing on the Nintendo and um my husband said to me again trust your training you're gonna be fine you're fine on the way here you know and then he's like, play um, play Mario Kart with our son. So, and I did. And it was great to be instructed to do something. Like, mm. you know, when you're just like floundering. Yeah. And he's like, play Mario Kart with him. I sat down and I was like, okay. And um, <laughs> yeah, then we boarded and it was Little Dash 8 plane. And it was the best flight I've ever had in my life. Wow. Ha the happiest I've ever been on a flight, like. This little plane, I loved it. I think it has 88 seats, but it's in a 2-2 configuration. Mm, and right. um, my two boys sat together and I sat next to my husband. I was next to the window 
and I was just looking out and the views were good because I think it flew at 20,000 feet or something. Mm. And I was just like marveling at the fact that we'd done that drive from Calgary to Saskatoon took seven hours, that in an, less than an hour or an hour, we were back in Calgary. And I just, I wasn't sure how I'd be on that little plane, but I loved it. Oh. Well, that's good. That's a yeah. really positive thing as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. It was like being on a bus because so many people there just use planes to commute, you know, to the next mm. city because the spaces are so huge, aren't they? And then that morning I had been quite worried about this five-hour layover that we had. But because that flight went so well, I was happy as Larry and, and we had the lounge and that was so good. And we just loved it, you know, all the food and drink you could possibly want and chilled out there and then... Yeah, I went and got back on the Dreamliner. I had my same routine for the takeoff. Well, we got up there and the pilot said there might be some turbulence three hours in and then again south of Iceland. I think that's probably... He said something about the jet stream and I think they like hop into the jet stream, don't they? So you get going a bit quicker. But anyway, that, that turbulence was very negligible. I think the seatbelt sign came on for five minutes. The whole of the two long flights, so <laughs> nothing really. So I, fl I, <laughs> I floundered a bit. Come on, the where's the turbulence? <laughs> yeah. Ready for you. I floundered a bit in the middle of the flight because I was tired and that made it hard. And I had all my activities, but I was too tired to do them. Yeah. And I, co I couldn't sleep. Like, I still can't sleep on the plane. It's uncomfortable for a start, but... And I, I was anxious about when we got home because my husband had to drive us home at the equivalent of like three in the morning in Canada, mm. two hours home. And I was like worried that he wouldn't sleep, which he didn't sleep much. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I panicked, but I just didn't really know what to do with myself, I think. So yeah, I was staring at the map an awful lot. Yeah. Um, And I would get those same feelings of like, Oh, did I hear the engine do something? I've got to check the altitude, you know. But it's very hard to control anxiety when you're tired in any yes. any yeah. type of anxiety. So that, I think that was the main part of that. And by then you just want to be home. Like, it's like, oh God. Well, a lot of people will say, you know, it's like I've said this before, we get more complaints on the way back. Places. Yeah, yeah. They're tired. They're fed up. It's from yeah. home. You know, yeah. So press the zap, zap me home button. Yeah, just know, teleport me to my own bed now, please. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I controlled it. It was nothing like it used to be. Like, mm. well, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like ninety percent better. Like, mm. I said on the group, I still have to check in with the map, but not the whole time. Yeah. And I did watch a movie on the way home, which I've not done since two thousand and nine. Wow. And it, it was a movie I hadn't seen before, even. It was, I don't know, it was like a chick flick thing called Unpregnant. And um, I think it's quite low budget, but I had to keep dipping out time a few times, check the map, but yeah, I, got, I got through it. Yeah. And um, yeah, I had a nice conversation with my husband, which, because I hadn't really caught up with him since the wedding. And mm. yeah, just the fact that I was speaking on flights is like, whoa, because usually... It's yeah. just like completely zone out. Nobody talk to me. Mm. Nobody interact with me. I can't do the most basic thing, like get something out of a bag for my kids, you know? It's just like completely blue. So, um, so, so this is remarkable, really, isn't it? Yeah, is... I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't be any happier. You know, the one thing I would say to people is don't expect perfection, like, because... I could have been like, oh, I want to love flying. You know, I'm not I'm not at the stage where I love flying. Mm. But the amount of improvement I've seen is like, it's almost like if I, even if I'm like this for the rest of my life, it's enough. I think I will get better because I feel like doing a, a European flight will be quite easy for me now. Well, mm. I hope, touch wood. The touch long, wood? What are you talking about? The long flights are <laughs> the long flights are still quite overwhelming, and the you know, being over obscure places. Oh, we had a medical incident on the way home actually, over Greenland, and they called doctors and things. Well, asked if any doctors were on board, and 
I think someone went. So I was like, oh God, maybe I'll have to divert. What would happen? Where would we go? And I was like, thinking of Steve, where's where around here? And I was like, probably Reykjavik because they'll have like better hospitals than Greenland probably. I don't know if the person needs medical care. Anyway, um, we didn't divert. Um, we just landed in Gatwick. But then some paramedics had to come get the person off when we landed. So mm. that, that was frustrating because we just had to sit there for ages. It was quite funny because they said the seat belt signs would stay on when we landed so that they could, you know, disembark this patient. And then they're, they're like, no, actually, we have to switch them off because we can't open the door with the seat belt signs on. So everyone thought that we were just getting off and, you know, everyone stood up and it's like, no, no, sit back down. Yes, I said, <laughs> Yeah. And then, like I said, the honestly, the scariest part of the journey was driving home. Yeah. With my husband so tired on the M25, M3, and, you know, buying him coffee and uh, Red Bull and all the rest. And I'm like, how on earth am I worried about flying when this is like a big risk, actually? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's so busy. He's exhausted. Yeah. And there was actually four pilots on the way home. So I was like, oh, wow, I'm in good hands here. Yeah. yeah. Enough for you, Melissa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was three on the way out, four on the way back, so... But breezing. Yeah. Well, that's, oh, yeah, I feel like that, I've been there. I feel a... like I went there now. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've been, you've taken me. Th- I like, I like, what I really liked about that is the sort of the blow by blow bit of, uh, and the, your authenticity of like not being perfect. Yeah. And the moments where you sort of struggled, that was really yeah. good. And I think people listening to this will, take a lot of comfort in that that you don't have to be perfect to be okay yeah it's like pete higgins always says it doesn't say on your ticket you have to love flying i love that yeah and um you know you just got to do it oh and the other thing is you know you've got to have motivation to do the thing the go to the place you want to go so when i canceled that flight to portugal i said to my husband like i just I can't fly right now just to go sit on a beach or by a pool. Like that's not enough motivation for me at that time. I mean, it yeah. would be now, but yeah, th- I needed to have something big. So for me, going back to Canada is always at the top of my list. Yeah. Um, I hadn't been back for six years and some of my relatives are getting a lot older. Like I don't know how much, yeah. how many more times I'll get to see them. And it just so happened that coincidentally this family wedding was happening. So that was the icing on the cake, really. And um, yeah, like made so many special memories. Um, my kids are old enough to remember mm. all this now. And um, they loved it. They loved seeing so me grew up. big, important thing. So you, yeah. this is why we do this. Exactly. And so I was like, yeah, that motivation was always there mm. for me, like to do it. But I needed to have high motivational factor you know and you see you know you see it with other people like chris on the group that's in dominican republic now like renewed his vows with his wife and you know he had that motivation and we've both been on the sort of same time frame of our journey like working really hard and you know we've really supported each other actually sent me some lovely messages the day i flew and um yeah, yeah, to have those people I, I have behind you. I love that you know. I can't. It goes off. It goes on so much now mm. that I can't thank people individually because it, there's too many to thank. Yeah, yeah. And it, then it also feels a bit trite to say, "Oh, thanks everyone." But I, you know, it is just it's mind blowing, yeah. isn't it? How much people support each other. You know, I actually I mean, I don't, don't. I don't think I could have took this trip without the Love Fly Facebook group. Like it's. I can't even express how much it's helped me, like being part of it. Well, you just have. Yeah. <laughs> There's not enough words, but I think everyone knows. Yeah. Thank Can you. you think if there was anything? Just let me check here. I think I got most of it in here. Yeah, I think I managed to cover it, actually. The only other thing is if you're going to tell the crew you're nervous, that's great, but don't have all your hopes pinned on the fact that they will, you know, really be there for you. I know some of them are amazing and you, you read about it on Love Fly, but others not so much. And 
I certainly know the flight, the outbound flight I took. They're actually quite short-staffed, so that was probably yeah. the reason. Um, I think they were down a couple of crew members, and you could really That's tell. Work. Yeah. yeah, and so that it was. They're probably just fed up, you know. Mm-hmm. And I actually didn't. I wasn't particularly nervous, so I didn't really need the help. It was just I'll just mention it. So, yeah. But I had sort of said to myself. If they're not that helpful, you know, don't let it ruin your flight. You know, don't exactly. be like, oh, God, yes. I'm ruined now. It's like, a sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Grumpy staff, not safe. Um, yeah. yeah. But, like, all the all the tools I need, you know, mm. in my bag or in my head or on my phone, whatever. Exactly. And also I had a backup plan, actually, that I was going to buy Wi-Fi on board if I was really panicking and I needed to, you know, message love fly people or, mm. you know, just. But I didn't need to, but it was my backup plan. Well, that's a good one. Yeah, I've, I've you know, seen some people do that. In fact, yeah, some yeah. Found, found the podcast on yeah. flights. I know, know sometimes it's free, but it wasn't on my airline. But I was like, well, I'll pay $30 or whatever it was if I need it, you know. Mm-hmm. But it was all good. Also, um, John Bond is a legend, too. <laughs> he's He's been great with his advice. So thank you, John. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's like... He's well, he's going to be unbearable when I see him. <laughs> he's the voice of sense, really. Like, he yes. just really just says it in such a, I don't know, not a blunt way, but just like, yeah, I don't know. I've started to like him a lot more now since he's been in the group. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't like it that much before. <laughs> just a joke. No, I've known him like 30 odd years. So he's, uh, yeah. yeah, 30. Oh my goodness. I've just worked it out. 30. Oh, well, 36 years. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's a great guy. Well, there's, a lots, of, there's lots of great people in the group. Like, oh, yeah. Yourself. <laughs> so, thank you. Can I just um, say one last thing? Sure. Which is um, when I was at my cousin's wedding the night before, I talked to my uncle, Doug, and I'm pretty sure he's nearly 80. But um, I was feeling a bit wobbly about flying home. And as soon as I saw him, he told me he listened to my podcast with Captain Steve, and um, he loved it. And he was actually—he used to be in the Canadian Air Force. He was—I think he did engineering, but he—I think he said he had a private pilot's license at one point. But he's an awesome guy because in his retirement, he took up gliding. So we had like quite a big conversation about gliding. He's like, "You need to do it," blah blah, blah. and um, aviation, like. And I just, when I came home from that get together, I was like buzzing about flying again. And um, he really renewed my enthusiasm that night. And mm. and also just what an amazing guy he is. So he had a health issue, so he can't glide anymore. But now he's taken up sailing. And I'm like, he's just an inspiration really that just do what you want to do, no matter what your age. <laughs> and so um i'm really hoping he listens to this i said if i do another one um he said he'll definitely listen so give him a name check uncle doug there you go uncle doug (laughs) inspired by you (laughs) and i gotta go up in a glider next so yeah that'll that'll be my next project that's it (laughs) definitely well thank you melissa thank you for all you do thanks for all you do in the love fly group and and I know you said that it's reinforcing your own kind of learning, but it's mm-hmm. massively helpful to people. So thank mm-hmm. you so much and, and for coming on again. And, you know, this this will be really good for people because they always want to know the so what bit. So you've gone off, you've done the flight, and here you are reporting back. And uh, yeah. it's going to be massively helpful. So thank you. Yeah, just anyone post for support if you need it because it's you'll always get lovely support on there. Amazing. Yeah. Someone like you might pop up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Spending all my time on there as usual. <laughs> no, well, I really appreciate it. And, you know, like, and I've, I've hopefully some of the people you've mentioned here will listen to the podcast. I think they do anyway, but uh, I'm sure they will. It's lovely that you've mentioned <laughs> so many people as well. There's just too many people to thank. And, yeah, exactly. I couldn't possibly thank everybody. Like you said. Yeah, yeah. And you're one of those. So thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to the Love Fly podcast. I hope you're finding it helpful with your fear of flying. Now, if you do need some extra tailored help, you can go to our website, lovefly.co.uk and click on the courses button. You'll find more help there, such as our 30-day program and our on-demand webinar.
Thanks again. See you next time.